everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the United Spurs of America podcast. As always, your hosts here with you today, Michael Ramirez, along with my friend, Jacob Wallraven. Hey. It's not exactly the happiest of times right now to be talking with you, my friend, I have to admit. But Jacob, yeah. uh, we're back talking uh, once again, as always, Tottenham Hotspur following a 3-0 defeat at home against our uh, crosstown rivals in London, from West London, exactly, um, Chelsea. So, yeah, 3-0 loss, like I said, at home at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It was really a tale of two halves, my friend. Started out great, and then the second half was just a totally different story. Goal scored by Thiago Silva, a uh, set-piece uh, goal off of a corner kick. Second goal was scored by Angolo Conte, where I guess you could maybe argue that it was an own goal. Um, off a wicked deflection off of Eric Dyer from outside the box. And then Antonio Rudiger rounded up the, the scoring for, for the Blues on Sunday um, off of a corner kick as well, a, uh, a shot into the bottom left-hand corner. But, Jacob, it was just all around a terrible, terrible day in North, in, uh, in North London. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's kind of feeling the same little emotions, right? You know, getting – we got brought down to earth with Crystal Palace, and I think we got shown and exposed just exactly how good we are not. Um, I mean, this is a team that's competing for not only top four, but Premier League champions. Um, they're also competing for Champions League. So I think when you level up the competition, they weren't that first half. They didn't have N'Golo Conte out there. I mean, this man completely changed the game from the second half. Um so, you know, it sucks, but big ups to them. Tuchel, fucking evil little genius. I mean, I, I don't know what to what to say other than it looked like Nuno had no clue what to do. It just looked like yeah, Tuchel took that game over and, and, and really just made it his own. Yeah, speaking of Nuno, let's go over the starting 11 first off. Um, it, was, it was an 11 that I feel like pretty much every Tottenham, I would say what, Maybe 85%, 90% of Tottenham fans were probably really happy with the 11 that they put out there um, to start the match. You had Hugo and Net. The back line consisted of Emerson Romero. Christian Romero came back after isolated in Croatia, remember, with uh, the rest of the South American lads who went on international duty. He only had one training session along with Gio and Davinson Sanchez. Immediately got put into the 11 alongside Dyer. And with that center back partnership, Dyer came back after getting hurt against Crystal Palace. Um, we talked at length about that on that podcast after after that match. And then rounding off was obviously Sergio Regulon. Um, the midfield, though, that was kind of where it surprised me. So Nuno actually took out Skip from the starting 11. A little bit harsh on the lad, you have to admit. But he went for it. You have a, a midfield consisting of Pierre-Emile Hoybier, Giovanni Lo Celso, who, like we said with Romero, came back into the squad after isolating in Croatia with the rest of the South American lads. Deli Ali, Tongi and Domtikak, Sonny and Kane. When you look at this eleven, that's a great eleven. It really yeah. is. Yeah, no, I'm, and I mean, I think they they showed flashes of pro- Yeah, they showed pro- they showed flashes of promise in the first half. It's like exactly what we wanted in that first half: the fight, the creativity, the chances. It was there. I 50-50 liked what I saw from Giovanni Lo Celso. I thought there were moments where he he kind of let the game get away from him and he looked like a little kid out there sometimes, which, you know, hey, sometimes it can be a very good thing to play like a little kid. But, yeah, man, it just the first half we showed a lot of promise, a lot of hustle, a lot of hope. And then all of a sudden it was just like, 
nothing happening. And and I said, um, I don't know if it was on our last episode or on the live stream we're doing with Tottenham away, but I had mentioned that, you know, in order for us to do anything in this game, Harry Kane's going to have to take over. Like just bottom line, he has to take over. If he does not take over the game, like what else do we have? We don't, he, he's the caliber of player, like a Ronaldo, like a Messi. If they take over the game, it becomes yours. And he just didn't do that. And I thought we did a really good job defensively um, in stopping Lukaku. I think Christian Romero looked really fucking good. Um, I'm really excited about that guy. Um, you know, I was I, I was still somewhat impressed with Emerson Royale. Um, you know, I'm not sold that he's completely better than Tanganga out there on the right back. I mean, obviously, Jaffet can't play because of the red card, but I think that just our defense wasn't completely shit. Yeah, I mean, Eric Eric Dyer's large body got in the way of that Conte shot, but man, I, I, I was pretty excited after that first half, you know, what we showed defensively and in, in the midfield. I thought Tongi played a little sloppy and a little lazy at times. Um but I still thought that he he showed something creative. The thing is, like, I, I don't know if you have Gio and Tongi out there at the same time, in my honest opinion. I thought we looked uh, just – Delhi seemed to disappear that game. I Half the time didn't even know he was out there. So it was like – and I didn't. we didn't really get too much from Sun either. They kind of – I mean, every time he had a look at the ball, they had two different guys on him, so – it was just, man, it was a tough game against a very tough opponent, a very quality opponent, and at home, unfortunately, that you're going to drop all those points. After the first half, I felt like a tie at one point would be like a victory, but it just wasn't meant to be, man. Yeah, it definitely wasn't, and I agree with you. I thought the back line was, was solid this past game. You look at that first goal, it was off a set piece. It wasn't a goal from open play. No one got exposed on that back line. Dyer was in the vicinity of where Tiago Silva was, but at the end of the day, Deli Alley's supposed to be there marking his man. And, you know, there's, there's very few people who are going to win headers over, over Tiago Silva in the world, let alone the Premier League. Um, and then after that, I thought once that first goal was scored, it, it kind of just opened up the rest of the game. And I think both teams tried to play it a little bit differently, um, which I thought we were playing all right, I guess. After the goal, I thought we the response was okay. And then the Conte goal went in, unfortunately, off of Dyer, like you mentioned. And I just thought it was an unlucky goal to concede, especially on Dyer. I thought Dyer played fantastic on Sunday, along with Romero. Um, Dyer had that goal line stop with his fucking dick, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, after uh, a cross somehow made it all the way through our bat. Um, through the, through the entire box, really. Uh, it, it's, they were fine. I, I thought if anyone on the back line had a not, not great game, I would say it was Reggie and then half of Emerson as well. The first half, I thought they were fine. Reggie Lund, I have no idea why he didn't shoot the ball um, in that one really, really good opportunity that he had. Yeah. It was basically a one he had basically beat the last man. So it was basically a one V one with the keeper. And mm-hmm. instead of just putting his foot through it and smashing it either into the, into the near post or the far corner, he elected to cross the ball, which was easily intercepted. 
I mean, um, I think you take the shot and let it. You have I mean, to, even if it's directly you have at to. the keeper. Give a chance for a rebound. You had guys following, so and that's yeah, exactly why they let him have that positioning. That's exactly why Chelsea let him have that because they they were basically saying, okay, you have all that space, go ahead and shoot, but we're going to cover this cross right here. That way, it's not an easy goal, and they did, they, they they played it perfectly. Emerson, uh, I thought he was pretty solid in the first half second half he got exposed a few times he got caught out of position um i thought it was a tale of two halves for him and regulon as well i thought reggie was terrible in the second half as well and then uh romero i thought he was fantastic like you said i thought he was really really good the only i think the only real sequence where he got caught out of position was early on in the match where i think havertz uh beat him on a run on the left-hand side. He, he came up to pinch him and to, to, to bring a little bit of pressure into the midfield. And he pressed up a little bit too far forward to where, uh, where Havertz kind of got around him. And after that, he, he kind of had to play catch up, which um, luckily didn't really, you know, amount to anything, but I, I thought he was solid, man. I thought he was really, really solid. I thought Gio had let us down a few times. Delhi was in, was invisible um, for the majority of the match. Ready to tango in on bad boy. I thought he was he was solid. I thought he played a, a fine game. Could he have been better? Yes, I agree. But I thought he was fine. And Son and Kane were invisible. I have and I think this game for me was the last straw for me wanting to see Harry Kane drop deep because I felt like we had a lot of opportunities, especially in that first half where we just needed some, someone who was hungry enough to poach, to poach the ball into the net. We needed someone like that in the box. And Harry Kane was never there because he either started the sequence or he was a part of it, or he was trying to, to find a, a passing lane in a pocket of space in the midfield to receive the ball. So there was plenty of times where he was caught out of position and nobody was in the box to finish some of our crosses and some of our chances. And Harry you're Kane. you're right. You're right. It's it's a game that players like Harry Kane really, really do need to step up. Sonny and Kane and Delhi and Endom Bad Boy. And no one did. No one did. And it was disappointing. It, and it was especially disappointing for me because earlier that morning, uh, club legend Jimmy Greaves passed away. All-time, all-time leading goal scorer for the club second most goals of all time in the top five leagues behind Ronaldo. And you're going to honor him with that performance, that second half. Didn't he play for Chelsea too? So they kind of, he started it. He started his career at Chelsea when he was like 17, but he played the majority of his career at Tottenham and scored the most goals in his career at Tottenham. Well, rest in peace, Jimmy. Um, Yeah. Rest in peace. We'll, we'll be the first to wish you rest in peace because Tottenham did not on Sunday. That's tough, man. That's tough. Um, you know, it was. Who was your man first... of the match? Let's go. Let's let's dive into man of the match real quick. Might as well just get out of the way. Honestly, my man of the match. I'm gonna say. Um, Besides the final whistle, I'm gonna say Christian Romero, just because Lukaku didn't put his huge Lukaku all over us, and. Yeah. He didn't really have any chances until late in the game. And there was when a few the chances game was already that, done. His, that his teammates had let him down too. So yeah. 
I thought he did a really good job of just staying composed for the most part, um, especially against Lukaku. This is the first, I think this was the first Chelsea game where he did not score, where he started this season. and he did not score this season. Right. I mean, but yeah, man, it, so it's tough to pick a man of the match after that. But uh, who, who's yours? I'm going with Hugo. I thought Hugo was our best player on the pitch on Sunday. He was fantastic. He was making saves left and right. He was in very, very good positions um, for most of Chelsea's chances. The first goal, it's just unlucky because no one marked Thiago Silva properly. It's tough. To, it, it, was a, it was a fantastic header. I have to give credit to him. It was a really good header. Second goal, come on, man. Like, lucky deflection and that hits the post on the way in. Uh, and then the third goal, it was basically said and done. It was another quality shot into the local corner that no one seemed to care to mark or to care to, you know, to, to apply any pressure to Rudiger to get off that shot. It's, I thought he was let ba- let down by a lot of his teammates on Sunday, R- along Rudiger? with that back line. Rudiger yeah. was just running all over the place, all on us that second half. I mean, he, it looked like no one wanted any piece of him. And man, just disappointing highly disappointed in the team really makes me think top six is maybe even unrealistic you know what i mean i just don't think that we have quality and depth and and synchronicity that we can do something special yeah um you mentioned you mentioned conte uh changing the game in the second half i'm gonna have to disagree and a lot of people a lot of people have been praising N'Golo Conte. Don't get me wrong. N'Golo Conte is a fantastic player. He has beaten us twice to the Premier League title. He's beaten us numerous times in cup competitions and in the Premier League. Um, fantastic player. I don't think he changed the game in the second half. Like everyone says he did. The first goal was off of a set piece that he was in no way, shape, or form involved in. How'd they get Thiago, the corner? Thiago, Thiago Silva. How'd they was, get the corner? No, no, no. But I'm saying the actual goal. I mean, you could actual argue. goal. Yeah, but if you defend your set pieces better, that goal doesn't happen. Like that's just poor set piece defending. If you don't allow the, the second corner, goal, they don't have a set piece. Yeah, but you could say that about any other goal. Like, yeah, don't allow a corner, and you're not gonna allow. I mean, a would you goal. give? Let me ask you this then: Would you give someone credit? Say it's in the dying minutes of a game and they're fighting their ass off there on the touchline, and they win a corner, and your team then goes on to win the game off a header from that set piece, but he had nothing to do with that header that wins the game, do you give props to that man who wins the corner? Maybe a little bit, but not really, to be honest. Come on. I'm sorry. No. Angolo Conte did not change the game, especially for the first goal. He did not. If we defend I mean, if we defend elite. if we defend our set pieces better, that goal never happens. And I'll I'll go to that to the grave. And the second goal, come on, bro, like that's just shitty defending and not and not um, applying pressure to a man who has loads of space in the midfield. And his shot was not even on target. It deflected off of Dyer and went into the net. It barely went into the net. Ricocheted off the post and went into the net. Was he good? Yeah, he was good but I don't think he was as big of a game changer as everyone's praising him to be. And everyone I mean, he's needs got to more, relax. He's got, he's got more goals in the Premier League than Harry Kane. Yeah, so that doesn't mean he changed the game as much as he did. I mean... Never said he didn't change the game. 
I'm just he saying come, he didn't change the game as much as everyone else said he did. He comes onto the game and then the game changes completely. It's hard to, it's hard for me to not see that. It's hard for me to not see that when he comes on at the beginning of the second half, at the beginning of the second half, we look like dog shit and we continue to look like dog shit. Now, you know, we could we could argue this all day whether we think he affected the game to this magnitude or that magnitude. The bottom line for me that I see is he came on, their team looked different, we looked worse, we looked out of sorts, and then they scored, which he was a part of for, you can argue, at least one of them. So for me, he did change. He would be, he does, man, I think he brings something in the morale of his teammates that everyone else just kind of like really vibes with. There's something to the guy, you know what I mean? Sure. I don't really care for him. He's taken away the Premier League from us twice, so I'm not, I'm not a very big fan of him. Um, anything else on the Chelsea match? Fucking hell. What were they chanting? I want to know what the, what the crowd was chanting. I couldn't really make it out. When? There was sounded like they were doing the Harry Kane. He's one of our own. But it didn't sound like they were saying Harry Kane. I don't know. There's times throughout the game where they were chanting something and I couldn't really tell what they were saying. Oh, no. I hate them all. I hate them all. You're talking about the Chelsea fans, right? I think it was our fans. Oh, okay. Well, I hate the Chelsea fans, so they can fuck off. I mean, they were all ugly looking. I'm not going to lie. Like, anytime they showed a shot of their fans, I was like, all them motherfuckers look busted. So That's the most... Well, I'm not going to say it. Oh, and then to put the cherry on top, this is the last thing I'm going to say about the Chelsea game. I then go to Sprouts with my wife later that day, and I had taken my Tottenham jersey off just because I was, ashamed, you know, I was ashamed of what we had done. And so I go to Sprouts, and I'm checking out at the line, and the fucking guy's wearing a Chelsea jersey. And I was just kind of like, hey, you know, Chelsea, your team? He's like, oh, yeah. Oh. I was like, did you catch the game today? Oh, yeah, I was, I was watching the game this morning. <laughs> And I was like, you're not happy? You seem upset about the game. And he was like, no, I mean, they won. It was good. It was a good game. Was good. And I was like, man, fuck you. Enjoy the top of the league. And then I left. And I was just like, man, if I had just beaten his team and I walked in there, I would have been taking a piss all over his register. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This man yeah. was just. Oh, yeah, he probably to? just wasn't a big soccer fan. He looked like a bum. So right. shout out to that guy at Sprouts. If you listen, you definitely ain't listening because you're a Chelsea fan. But either way, he didn't seem happy. I wasn't happy. And I was just like, I think that's just the epitome of Chelsea's fans anyway. At least yeah. the ones I've come exposed to. We do have an opportunity to right the ship, though, this week. And in my opinion, this is one of the biggest weeks of the season right here. You're coming off of a loss to Chelsea. You then have a Carabao Cup match at Wolves at the Molino where you just won 1-0. It wasn't a very convincing win at that. And then you have the North London Derby, Emirates leg, coming up on Sunday. My friend, this is a big week for Tottenham Hotspur. You lose tomorrow. We're, we're recording this on a Tuesday. You lose tomorrow on Wednesday in the Carabao Cup. You get knocked out of the Carabao Cup, and then you lose at the Emirates. Not a great look, Nuno. He's got a lot of pressure this week, my friend, in my opinion. But let's dive into this match tomorrow. Carabao Cup, first off, like I said, at the Molino against Wolverhampton Wanderers. 
got to you got to bounce back with a good performance here in my opinion you you have to boost the morale you got to boost the the vibe around around the training pitch around the squad i think this is a good opportunity to write the ship here my friend and i think you know the the big question that i have going well really most people have going into this specific match is how much is nuno willing to rotate with the North London Derby on Sunday in the back of his mind. Cause you know, it's gotta be in the back of his mind. It's the premier league. And it's also the away leg for, for our match against Arsenal. I don't want to speak. My, I don't want to speak too much about the game specifically tomorrow because anyone who listens to this pod probably has already witnessed whatever we put out there. So I'm going to keep it light, but I will say for my personal opinion, after what happened last year in the final of the Carabao Cup, man, I don't care. I more care about the Premier League and beating Arsenal this weekend. To me, man, if we go out there and we lose to fucking Arsenal, before the international break, we were top of the league. They were bottom of the league. They've won two straight. We've lost two straight. So this is a perfect little recipe for us to mix with them and either show, hey, we've got fucking big dick energy or... B, we're going to do nothing this year. And I think that, you know, for me, I want to see all our best players just play the kids on the Carabao Cup. Fuck it. Leeds did. They played mostly kids. They won in a shootout. You know what I'm saying? Just whatever. I don't, the result to me, I want to win, obviously. But, man, with, with Crystal Palace destroying us, then Chelsea coming in and destroying us equally as bad, if not worse. It's just, man, I don't care about, I care more about this North London Derby versus Arsenal than I do any competition right now. I said the same thing, you know, before the um, UEFA Europa Conference game, but man, this is totally different. After, especially, I think, because of what happened last year, I'm just like, man, don't get me riding on the Carabao Cup hopes again, because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want that heartbreak. Yeah. I agree. I'm I'm more focused on the North London Derby this weekend. Obviously, a bigger game than than the Carabao Cup, but honestly, I'm taking this one seriously as well. Uh, just because I think it's one of the few competitions we have a chance to win this year. Um, I don't see us winning the Premier League. Maybe we'll win the Conference League. I don't see us winning the FA Cup. I think this is one of the ones that you got to grab. You got to try to grab if you're Nuno, especially first season coming in. It'll look real good. If you if you get a trophy on your name, not only in your first season, but first season at Tottenham, where you haven't won a trophy since 08. So um, the dilemma there, I guess the question that I kept asking for for this Carabao Cup match is how much will Nuno rotate the 11 from Sunday to Wednesday to next Sunday? And I think he's going to keep most of the same 11. I think he's going to keep that the same spine, if you will. I think he starts at least, I want to say at least seven or eight starters from Sunday into this game with a mix of a few youngsters. Um, And I think it'll be kind of similar to the conference league where I think like your Sonnies and your Canes will start, but I think they'll get taken off no matter what at like the 55th or, or 60th minute or something like that in the second half that just so they can stay fresh, they can be fit enough for the Arsenal game and they can still be firing on all cylinders. But I think right now, man, we haven't scored a goal in over 180 minutes. You have to get the team flying. And like, 
not the team, the players that you are going to play consistently, which is going to be, in my opinion, most of the players playing on that pitch come Wednesday in that Carabao Cup match. I think it's crucial, man. You got to get Harry Kane firing. You got to get him. You got to get him to see some of these going into the back of the net. Maybe that's all he needs. You need uh, some confidence boosters for Delhi. You need another game under end on Thickcock's legs. There's a lot of things circulating right now in that Tottenham camp that need to get solved. And one of them is chemistry. I feel like you have a lot of players who were out at the beginning of preseason that came in late. Obviously, Harry Kane came way later than anticipated. And Dombele was held out because he had a kid. Romero joined late. Gio joined late. All the Copa America, all of the European guys, they got in late. And then now with the international break, there was a lot of unfortunate injuries, the the South American circumstances. I just feel like they haven't had a solid run of games together for longer than what, like two weeks maybe. And I, I just think that this week's really important for chemistry reasons to keep most of that same 11 together. That way they can start to gain some chemistry and that way they can start to bottom line, produce some results on the field. Like I said, we haven't scored in over 180 minutes in the premier league so far. Like the confidence is not there, no matter what you want to say. Sure. We drew last week at Ren. It was, a, in my opinion, it was a fine result, but those guys are not, they're not confident right now. And I feel like this is one of the opportunities where we can get them back on, back on track. I will agree with you there where I think that the fact that we're playing a top flight opponent in Wolverhampton, I, I think that that is crucial to this. And and this is why I'm going to agree with you here is because yes, I do think that we don't have very much chemistry going right now. This is something that we've also highlighted several times on several different episodes throughout this season so far is then the fact that, Hey, like these guys haven't had very much time to gel together, let alone, play these positions in which they're being asked to play. So for me, I do agree with you. I would like to see a strong lineup. Um, I would like to see something just in the fact that we're playing a premier league side. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and I'm not, man. I just, I need something from Harry Kane. I need to know what we've been fussing about. We need to show everyone why we asked for that much money. So at this point, I haven't seen enough. So look, um, one of the things where I guess there's, there's two things that I've been thinking a lot about since um, the Chelsea game on Sunday. So one was, is Harry Kane because obviously he hasn't scored in four straight premier league games or all four premier league games that he's played so far this season. In the big picture, like looking at the grand scheme of things, is not scoring in four games that big of a deal across an entire season? Like non-biased, you're looking at, uh, so say he wins the golden boot because, well, he has done this before. So he's gone on a, on, on goal scoring droughts before. Um, I can think of 2017 where he didn't score at all in the month of August um, back in the day. Um, I can think of, I think 2018 also, um, but you, you see those kind of droughts and he actually did start to pick it up a good amount after that. So that's why I'm not going to be as hard on Harry Kane because I've seen him do it before bounce back in a big way, but I still am concerned, which is why I feel like I think he needs to start um, tomorrow on Wednesday against wolves. He just needs that confidence back. The other thing that I've been thinking a lot about 
is if you've followed Spurs or you know generally followed Spurs since the be- the beginning of Pochettino's years, so back in 2014, I believe, we were terrible until November. We could not produce results. We weren't creating chances, kind of like kind of like we are now. And then November came around and you had that game against West Ham where Harry Kane scored the free kick and they celebrated at the away end. And Pochettino said that that game, he believes, saved his job. And it was only his first season in charge, in charge as a Tottenham manager. And then after that, the rest is history. We became one of the best teams in, in England. We were top four every single year contending until, um, you know, his half final year in charge. But you just, th- I, I think about that and it kind of puts into, it kind of puts this situation into perspective for me as a Tottenham fan. It's because I've seen it before and like, it's not exactly the same because we have had some pretty big wins so far, even though, you know, we're in a bad rut right now. Um, it just, when I think about that, I start to not be as harsh on Nuno on some of these players, because those reasons that I listed before of why I think we're not up to speed, not everyone is up to speed with each other. I'm going to give them a little bit more time and I'm not going to be as reactionary. I feel like moving forward, unless I feel like it's warranted, like, unless it's just going absolutely nowhere. But you know what I mean? Like, am I am I somehow, you know, am I making sense here? Yeah, I think I agree with you on most of that to a degree, just because there is going to be that learning and that growing pain when it's a bunch of new people coming together, trying new things. I think that there is a little bit of that. Hey, like, let's not let's not get too high on ourselves when we're high. Let's not get too low on ourselves when we're low. I mean, this is a fucking marathon. And I think Nuno and the guys understand that. And hey, I'd rather right now us be getting these fuck ups over with and out of the way. And that way, the rest of the season, we're trending upward. I mean, you just said it there. Like, we've done it before where we've had a complete shit show of the beginning of a season and then turned it around. So there's no reason to believe we can't still do that. The nucleus of that team is generally more or less here. So, man. Let's fucking get it. Let's quit being little punks. Let's step up, get some of that Pierre energy out there, get some of that Jaffet energy out there. Harry Kane, I need that energy back. You know, I feel like he's playing a little timid still. And I, I agree. I think that there is some like, hey, this guy played all season last year and then did the Euros. You know what I'm saying? Like this man has put a lot of minutes in his boots. So there is a little bit for me that I, I will continue to um, just embrace whatever Harry Kane can give us. But, man, if we're going to do anything successful, he's he's the center of that, in my opinion, offensively anyway. Yeah, for sure. You want to uh, predict the starting 11 for tomorrow and then score prediction before we wrap up the pod? Um, all right, so I'm going to go Hugo and Net. I'm going um, – give me Emerson yep. – Remember, Jaffa is back in contention. Right. That's a great thing, by the way. So I'm going to say uh, Emerson, um, either Dyer or Sanchez, paired with Tanganga. Um, and then Reguillon. 
You know what? Actually, I'm thinking Ben Davies. I think they'll probably start Ben Davies. Um, and then in the midfield, I'm going to go with Skip. And I'm going to go with Ndombele. And then I'm going to go with Delhi, Son, Kane, and Heal. Unless Lucas is healthy or Bergvine. I think he'll. Did I you think... see Bergvine's Snapchat story? No, I did not. Please tell me what happened. He's in a boot. Yeah, hopefully it's not as bad as as it looks. But right he's now, in a boot. It's great. not good. Yeah, he ain't playing tomorrow. Great. That's for damn sure. No, he's not playing tomorrow. So I think All Brian right. Hill will round that out. And my score, score prediction? prediction? Yeah, score prediction. Three two. We're gonna win. Wow, that's a lot of goals. That's bold. We haven't scored a single goal. Well, I mean, we scored at Wren, but we haven't scored a single goal in the Premier League in over 180 minutes. And you think we're gonna score three in one game? Well, it's the Carabao Cup, so it's not Premier League technically. All right. And I will say this these both of these teams can provide a lot of end-to-end activity from the first whistle. So I either think it's gonna be a boring dick show of zero one or a fucking shootout. And then at that point, who knows what'll happen. Or it's gonna be three two and it'll be a back and forth game. And yeah. I like your I, idea better. The back and forth? Yeah, I like the I like the back and forth better than a hey, shit show. We're we're a counter we're a counterattacking team. So are Wolves. I mean, they got speed. We got speed. We saw that a little bit in our Premier League game. But I think since it's Carabao, a little bit of the reins come off and more free running. But what's your eleven? Uh, I'm gonna go Galini and Net. Um, I'm gonna go Emerson at right back as well. I think that they just want to get him. I. Th- this is what I think. I think that they want him to get more as many minutes as he can with this team, just because he came in so late in the transfer window on deadline day. I think they want to in- integrate him even more into the team, get him some more reps. I think he starts out right back tomorrow. And then I think it'll be Tanganga and Sanchez in the middle. Ben Davies. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to change that. I'm going to say Sanchez and Romero. Davies at left back. And then I'm going to go Hoybier, Skip, Endombele, Heel, Son, Kane. And I think depending on how Heel does against Wolves, I think if Heel has a good game, I think he gets the start on Sunday as well, which I'm all for it. I'm all hey, for if it. he shows me something against another Premier League side, there's no reason he can't do that very same thing against Arsenal. So yeah. I'm in. Fucking please, someone show me something. Show me something worth getting hard in my pants. We need a result tomorrow, man. I need some soggy endies in my life. I haven't had soggy endies in a minute. They're getting dry, baby. And they they are. They're good. very dry. They're already dry. And it ain't they're, they're, they're getting day. stale. They're getting stale at this point, bro. They're just getting crusty. It's disgusting. Well, speaking of disgusting, hopefully the show hasn't been too nasty for you all. No, I think we kept it pretty clean. Pretty clean today. Thank you guys so much. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening to another edition of the United Spurs of America podcast. We'll be back with more reaction from our Carabao Cup. Hopeful, hopefully, victory against Wolves. And we will preview the North London Derby in full as well now are we Until doing that then, as an episode or are we doing yeah, that on we the are. live stream 
No, we'll do it as an episode too. Okay. We got to do it for our podcast listeners. Got to do it. Not everyone, not everyone can tune in for a live stream, but everyone has an opportunity to tune into a podcast. That's true. That is very true. We could always turn the live stream into part of the podcast show. So if that's something you or anyone else want to see, let's fucking do it. Yeah, we'll see. But anyways, please follow us on Spotify, Twitter, and YouTube. We're still posting on there. Um, if, and we just want to send out a reminder. If you've noticed anything different on our social media platforms, yes, we did get a clean new logo. Appreciate it. My boy Jack Hazard over there at MLS designed it for us. I really do appreciate it. I know Jacob does too. But uh, yeah, it's exciting times for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And like Jacob already mentioned, we do have another live stream this week at noon mountain time one o'clock eastern time or excuse Central. me two o'clock two o'clock eastern time and uh 7 p.m uk time i gotta get used to actually saying that mm-hmm. so if you're a uk listener out there listen to this podcast i just want to say i appreciate you and so does jacob oh yeah and thank you for supporting us across the pond lots we of really love. truly do love it oh yeah we love the love and we give love back don't get us wrong. We love to give the love back. See, here's the thing is everyone always says that they're going to hate us because we're American, but like no one's actually shat on us yet. I think the worst we've gotten is someone called me Gary Bu- Michael Buble. Yeah, I think that was the worst one. That was the worst one. That wasn't one. even like, that wasn't Not too bad. bad. The man can sing. Yeah. The man's got money. Yeah. I'll hey, take we it. appreciate the love though. We're all uh, experiencing this pain together. We'll ride the highs and lows together as well. But oh, thank yeah. you guys so much again for listening to this podcast. We'll be back, like I said, with Carabao Cup reaction. And we'll also preview the North London Derby in our next edition as well. But until then, we'll see you later. Up the Spurs, up the lads, and Jacob. Come on, you Spurs.